This podcast is brought to you by Trend. Trend is a micro-influencer marketing platform that helps connect brands with influencers. Learn more, join our network, or start an influencer campaign at trend.io. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the DTC pod. My name is Ramon Berrios. I am the CEO and co-founder of Trend.io. I am doing a solo episode with you on a topic that has been on my mind a lot lately, something I'm fascinated about, and this is on Mr. Beast. And uh, Mr. Beast recently launched something called Mr. Beast Burger. So we're going to go ahead and break that down today. So who is Mr. Beast? Mr. Beast's real name is Jamie Donaldson. He's a 22-year-old YouTuber with 49.2 million subscribers, and he has a total of over 9.3 billion views combined on his YouTube channel. YouTube named him the creator of the year, and I estimate that Mr. Beast has a net worth of over $50 million. So why am I doing an episode on this specifically? So the internet went crazy the other day, basically, when uh, Mr. Beast launched over 300 burger shops overnight. And yes, 300 different restaurant locations uh, where you could download an app from the iOS app, order a Mr. Beast burger, and it would be delivered to your house. Now, of course, you know, how could they possibly launch 300 restaurants overnight. And obviously, this wasn't an overnight thing. Uh, This is something that they actually worked in for over a year now. Now, you know, for example, it took McDonald's over 10 years to open 700 locations after Ray Kroc purchased the rights to the name of McDonald's. So, you know, here is Mr. Bees, who most people don't know about. And he goes and launches 300 restaurants, you know, overnight, literally. He announced it, you could download the app, and you could see all the 300 restaurants and you could order a burger near you. But the key here was that this wasn't Mr. Beast alone. Uh, Mr. Beast and his manager was approached by Earl Enterprises, which is a company that focuses on uh, having virtual dining concepts. And in fact, Earl Enterprises has kind of this uh, business under their umbrella called Virtual Dining Concepts. And it seems like they've been pitching Mr. Beast to launch these restaurants and these concepts. But Mr. Beast's team always rejected. You know, they're probably super busy, focused on their own things. And obviously, there's a ton of different risks that come with launching this. So it's something that they seem to turn down. They told uh, Enterprises, you know, thank you, but we're not interested in doing this right now. And what happened was that they pitched this concept after COVID happened with a completely different spin on it. And this is rather than opening up their own restaurants, they would partner with struggling restaurants that already have the existing infrastructure. So they already have the kitchen, they already have the staff, and these businesses are closed and these restaurants are closed due to COVID and they don't have the infrastructure to operate these businesses. So what I believe happened here is Enterprises said, look, why don't we just go to all these struggling businesses that are closed right now anyways due to COVID? We partner with them. We propose to Mr. Beast Burger. We provide all the ingredients, how to make the burger. They put the staff, they put the locations, and then we do a revenue share model with them. So this way, Mr. Beast is 
not only making a, t- a boatload of money from this, but he's also helping these uh, struggling businesses and doesn't require the operational infrastructure that it would require to open up you know, your own restaurants. And this is what really caught the interest of Mr. B's team. And then they started working on this. So it's not like they just went out and built 300 restaurants and launched them all themselves. This is especially fascinating because... It seems like the only person that could do something like this is Mr. Beast, who's a creator who he kind of does these one of a kind stunts uh, where he just shuts them down and moves on to the next one. And this is exactly the kind of person that could do something like this, because what happens here is the owner of the restaurant could say, hey, you know, this actually works way better than me having to get my own customers or after COVID is said and done with, you know, they could just reopen the restaurant and shut it down. I don't know, of course, the clauses in the contract here, but Mr. Beast is someone that doesn't depend 100% from this and doesn't have to do a huge capital investment into making this happen. So the risk is minimal and fractional for someone like Mr. Beast. So this is a win-win for the store owner who's, you know, already completely shut down and uh, for Mr. Beast, who can help to give back and make a ton of money in the process. And, you know, props to L Enterprises for getting so creative and staying on it. Because, again, I believe this is a perfect match made in heaven. If Earl Enterprises understands this industry already, they seem like they really understand Mr. Beast, his audience, and what, you know, he wants to deliver to his audience and the value that he could provide in order to make this work and make this such an easy layup for uh, Mr. Beeson and his team. So initially they launched the native iOS app and they launched their own app besides just, you know, piggybacking off of Uber Eats, Grubhub, DoorDash, which again, you could also order deliveries on those apps, but they went above and beyond and launched their own native iOS app, which is a huge technical challenge, probably. It's something they didn't have to do, but they wanted to go the extra mile, quite literally, uh, because these other apps like Uber Eats would only show you restaurants within like a three-mile radius. But with something like their native iOS app, they could show restaurants around your area for, you know, up to nine miles. So they could deliver to way more customers. And in fact, the app even crashed because they were getting thousands of orders in each restaurant. And not only the app crashed, they also didn't have enough drivers available. So they had to fulfill thousands of orders that they couldn't even know how how they could do it. So I couldn't imagine the logistical challenge, you know, this implicated, you know, the customer support headache, the social signaling and tracking all that and the potential damage to Mr. Beast and his brand. But this might be a testament to how his team operates and and goes above and beyond rather than just being as hands off as possible in order to overtake all that extra responsibility just to make sure that he can deliver to every single person in his audience. And, you know, regardless of this, 
Clearly, this has been a huge success for the future of creator collaborations. And I think this is just the tip of the iceberg for the future of creator collaborations. You know, this resulted in over a million downloads in the app. I actually saw it in the App Store as the app of the day, uh, ranking number one on the charts of the App Store, you know, completely an app that just completely came out of the blue. And I'm going to assume that with a million downloads, this has easily already brought in about five to $10 million in revenue for uh, Mr. Beast and his team. This is a concept and a model that I'm extremely fascinated by, as I believe this will be the biggest disruption in the direct-to-consumer space, uh, the biggest disruption that the space has seen and will see, and it's already happening right now, right here in front of us. I mean, think about it. What's the only thing that could compete with McDonald's numbers? This model has an upper hand at McDonald's as it doesn't have the operational costs that McDonald's has in order to run and fulfill its orders. And it doesn't have to spend as much as McDonald's does just to maintain its brand relevancy. You know, McDonald's is getting creative right now, trying partnerships with Travis Scott and Jay Balvin. So they created the Travis Scott meal, which has a quarter pound burger with cheese, with bacon and lettuce medium fries with a barbecue sauce and a Sprite, which is obviously Travis Scott's favorite meal. And this was actually the first time that McDonald's featured a celebrity on its menu since 1992. And that was Michael Jordan uh, being the last one. Again, completely different approach. I feel like McDonald's is doing this more of a, from a relevancy perspective to stay relevant. Whereas, you know, this coming from the Mr. Beast angle, this is more of a disruption uh, and innovation. So Travis Scott, I believe he's just mostly getting cash out of this more than anything else. And besides cash, what I think is the most valuable for him is the data that he could be getting on the performance of this. If this is shared, you know, the details in the contract are not shared by McDonald's. So that's something we're unaware of. But I'm sure that if I was in Travis Scott positions, I would want to know the numbers that I'm bringing in. And McDonald's is going to feel the pressure from Mr. Beast move. You know, this collab was with Travis Scott was until October. Um, this Mr. Beast one was very recently in December. So McDonald's is going to have to get a lot more creative than just a custom meal from each celebrity and what their favorite order is. So I'm excited to see what McDonald's is going to come up with there uh, before it's too late. You know, McDonald's has budgeted $100 million for marketing and this Travis Scott collaboration was one of them. Whereas, you know, for Mr. Beast, this required no capital up front given that he already has the audience in place. On the other hand, Travis Scott also just launched his Agave Spike Seltzer brand. Um, so it's a tequila seltzer named Cacti, uh, and it's hitting shelves in spring of 2021. So again, I think that a lot of the data he's seen from the numbers he's been able to brought in has incentivized him to make his own product. And again, just another evolution of the creator kind of disruption that's going on in, in the DTC space. Creators don't, they already have this audience, so they don't have to pay to acquire uh, these audience and uh, these customers. For example, Cacti already has 426,000 followers on Instagram to date. So 
Travis partnered with Anheuser-Busch to bring Cacti to life. So he already has all the distribution set up. But the most impressive thing is that it already has 426,000 followers on Instagram. It only has one picture. Uh, it doesn't have anything else about it. It just has one picture on it. It hasn't launched. And White Claw, which we all know who they are and have been around for quite a few years now, they have 185,000 followers. That's a 300,000 follower difference for a brand that hasn't even launched coming into that space. So if that doesn't speak for itself yet, I'm sure the financials will. So again, I'm excited to continue to see how this evolves and hopefully I can do more episodes of this one. I can continue to expand on the financials and information that we're able to find. This episode was created by limited information that's out there on some research I did. So, you know, I always talk about this stuff on my Twitter at Ramon G Berrios at Ramon G B E IOS. So uh, if you shoot me a follow, you'll see threads I write on this sometimes. But again, this is just the beginning of a new era in the direct to consumer space. So Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the DTC pod and I will catch you on the next one.